And now, your host, Mr. Redbeard and Mick. Welcome to episode 69 of the World Live Fancast, where we cover every new release of the World Live audio drama, Lockdown. I'm Redbeard. I'm Mick. We're covering episode five of six today. Only one left. Only one left, and it's a live episode. It is coming out today. Yeah. I I don't know if we're going to be involved in anything in that or not. I'm going to guess probably not for this piece. Probably not. We'll just do, we'll probably do a Casey Q&A afterwards. We'll ask the hard questions. (laughs) Like, what the heck is TMM? Yes, and he will be revealing that uh, that night. Uh, That's cool. The moneymaker. Well, he says he also plans on revealing it. The money machine. <laughs> I like to hear this magic moment. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this magic moment. <laughs> so uh, we did mention an end date for the contest we're doing, but I, th- I think we talked about Monday, June the 6th being the uh, end date for sending in what We're Live means to you, right? Yes. Yeah, what it is to you uh, or... An epic description of what We're Alive is. You can win some uh, We're Alive swag. Yes. And you, uh, the, basically the, the idea is just engage us on social, any social network that we're on, Twitter or Facebook, and post it there. And then we'll pick two winners, three winners, until we run out of stuff. Oh, yeah. Sounds good. So send that in. You got, what is it? Less than a week now. Well, probably three or four, maybe three days. <laughs> I don't know, what, depending on when this comes out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we got three days till the finale. Right. It's ridiculous. One more! <laughs> well, if this releases Thursday or Friday, they'll have a... There is no release. I just told you that. <laughs> <laughs> the fan cast, that is. <laughs> it always gets released. <laughs> well we're gonna spoil the crap out of it today so if you haven't listened to it i don't know why you're here first right what are you doing well uh, hi todd uh so the corrections section <laughs> <laughs> casey sent in uh oh i think you mentioned an inmate was a high school dropout i think we did but it was a uh, casey said cleared it up that it said that uh simeon was a college dropout uh, I did that when I was talking about, oh, oh, high school dropout knows CPR. <laughs> I mean, I knew CPR in high school. I, I don't know what I was really thinking, but you know, whatever. Right. Getting the heat of podcasting. You just never know what might come out. I've listened to some things I've said, and I was like, I've never once thought that in my life. Why did I say that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Well, you know, conspiracy brain does some wonderful things. Yes. Tinfoil. Sometimes the bad ideas won't get out either. and uh ink never stuck his hand out of the window in the van back whenever he got turned they did get his arm though yes okay so i went back in listened to this i i I see where i could have interpreted it differently it's chapter 40 part 2 22 minutes and 20 seconds is around the area it starts they start attacking the van. Three regulars started attacking the back of the van with Roberts inside, breaking in the windows, trying to get at him. At one point, it looked as if they got his arm. And then moments later, 
he stopped fighting back. Jesus, he didn't scream or nothing. I would have been crying my eyes out. They stopped. But he's still in there. When the back of the van was kicked open, and Ink stepped out. The others, maybe two other biters around him, froze as he turned and faced them. They did nothing but stare as he walked through, even stepping aside. He didn't, like, punch through the window and put out his arm or anything. Right. That's what I envision. That's what I changed it to in my head. It's way more epic. I think we might have even hit on that. Like, did he do that on purpose back when we talked about that then? I think I think maybe that, that, that could have very well made been, but... Yeah, I made it way cooler in my head than it really was. And we couldn't remember uh, Robin's, Tony Ray's character's uh, first name, and it was uh, Anthony or Tony, so. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, I started getting them, you know, I was like, no, I can't be right. That's that tall weirdo. (laughs) (laughs) So Casey said Affleck didn't ruin Batman versus Superman. That's not really a correction, though. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> bad flick was awesome yeah yeah okay. yeah <laughs> but uh we got four itunes reviews this week thanks guys for going out there and uh checking these out you know wow. hitting us up with these um we got let's see a displeased human being said always look forward to you guys five stars this he said he loves catching the show every week glad you guys returned with lockdown love how you touch on stuff from the series itself and oh yeah Trapped in the closet equals uh, hours of entertainment. <laughs> yes. <laughs> By the way, if you can't uh, figure out where to find those, you can go to our, our site, uh, we'relive.mcrad.com, and there is a new page out there with a playlist of all the episodes. <laughs> Enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty interesting. I went back and listened to a couple. That's... <laughs> Oh, uh, if you're just it's listening funny. to them, I mean, that just, that doesn't do all of it. You have to watch. Yeah, oh, well, I've seen them too, but I had to catch them one morning. <laughs> uh, Bodo Winter wrote, these guys rock zombie talk, five stars. If you love, if you love We Are Live and these guys are, they're passionate about the show and make it with the best interviews and they have a great rapport with Casey. Thank you, Bodo Winter. Great breakdown of the best show. Five stars, consistently breaking down the best show on iTunes. And Sir Dodzilla wrote this one. Uh, I said, thanks, guys. Keep it up. Great back and forth between the two hosts. Yeah, That's you know, awesome. you're pretty you're pretty fun to record with. I kind of agree. And we've got... Yeah, this, is, this is a blast. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I wouldn't do no, it. No, there's no way. So, I mean, we're not getting paid. There's for no it. way. <laughs> and uh, five stars by... <laughs> Um, we don't have to, we don't have to censor this, but it sounds like you could feckin pale guy. F E C K I. Not sure if we should, but anyways, uh, his title is insert witty comment here. And this is maybe the best review I've seen ever <laughs> making Chris Hardwick look like a poor man's Ryan Seacrest. Mr. Ryan yes. Seacrest. A better class of apocalypse deserves a better class of commentator. Keep up the good work. Or keep up the work. Good. What is he say? Keep up the good boys. And again, stay frosty. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> you stay frosty, freaking pale guy. 
Dude, that's 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 incredible. I'm glad people are enjoying this because I don't know. You know, I don't know if anybody knows. Does do have we told that story before? Like we're like, let's just try this. We'll, we we like talking about we're alive. This is this started out as like an experiment just to see if we could do it. Right. <laughs> I don't know. We haven't talked too much about it, but it's pretty much what it was. Yep. <laughs> well worth it. Oh, uh, I got one more. Do you have any more reviews? I uh, don't know. No, that's uh, all four. Okay. Uh, I, there was one more. We talked about it one time. I, I'm, I can't remember for sure, but I could have swore one of us said that the number ones were created in the jail or could have been or something. But the original number ones were created in the arena. Yeah, they're created in the arena, tattooed and nails filed at the hospital. Right. I mean, it, it sounds like a father uh, a father taking his children out. Seeing the sights, man. Seeing the sights? <laughs> that is some creepy stuff. That's all I got. And that's all I've got. I'm ready to go to the scene-by-scene scene coverage. Roll it. All right, so... We start off where the show ended last week with our group watching the solitary cells from the surveillance camera feed. Shortly after uh, this, the group devises a plan to get out to get to the basement in spite of the behemoth danger. Jeremy volunteers and Bogart wins the lottery to go with him. And he is very excited. He's, he's jumping up and down. All right. So they see Austin McKibben in the solitary area. Whew. Again, Arrowhead Zombie, who gets the arrow from Riley. And we see him a few more times in the series. Evidently, he gets... He, he's not fully grown yet. Right. He, You know, Simon mentions to CJ, he wasn't as big as you guys saw him, but he was still really strong. Now, that's what I'm wondering. He said that McKibben, when he was fully turned here, he was only about half the size he was later. So, I don't know. I think that's kind of an important detail to, to note. Because how many times does he see him later? I don't know. I mean, I know he's out for a couple of months, kind of wandering around and scavenging before. I don't know. I got that he was in talking with CJ that, you know, they told him how big they were. And he realized that, you know, they weren't as big, that big then. They were still growing, getting those gains, eating all the other zombie meat, pro <laughs> zombie protein. Got a little workout routine, the steroids. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and Danny Way, uh, recognizes uh, William Roberts. Good old Billy. He's back there. And so, just just how is Ink getting into the jail in the first place? Like once he's in, I can kind of understand that he can roam around freely and grab keys and all that. But how did he get in? I don't know. I'm wondering if he smashed his way in. I, I don't know. I don't. I don't know. Like I'm wondering if there's a weak area in the in the jail somewhere. I, I was really baffled as to because I think it, during lockdown keys aren't going to get you into the building, are they? It's not an electronically sealed door, as I think the rules were playing by. So keys. I would think all the doors on the outside were electronically sealed. Yeah, I, I have no idea. I think that's what uh, Gavin said at some point. I mean, the infected that are inside the jail aren't leaving, so I can't imagine there's like, you know, some vehicle that blew up outside the walls of the jail, so there's a big gaping hole or something, you know? But I don't know how, I mean, uh, unless the guard with the keys died right outside the door, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. See, and the mission to the basement, it sounds, it sounds kind of crazy, but 
they can't just wait around at this point. They've realized the power is never going to run out to get these, you know, the possibility of the doors opening from that happening. So they have to try to, at this point, they're going to try to turn the power off with the hidden the breaker. And uh, I guess my last note here is <laughs> Jeremy pulling Bogart's name out of the hat, which is funny because, I mean, he was making a he was making a big deal out of it, thinking the whole group was going to go like, oh, I don't know, like maybe I could stay behind, guys. <laughs> and then it turns out it's just him and Jeremy. I don't know. I thought that was funny. Yeah, there there was some uh, speculation on the forums, and I've got a note of that because I I didn't I didn't feel that way at all. But there there's some speculation as to whether or not Jeremy rigged it so that Bogart had to come with him because <laughs> he doesn't trust Simon or I, I don't know. Yeah, I could see it. I could definitely was, uh, see that. Who who did they, who did they think was cheating at cards, Chuck or Jeremy? <laughs> they thought Chuck was cheating. okay. Never mind. It could have been sleight of hand from Jeremy. <laughs> yeah. We ready to move on to uh, the next scene? Sure. Called the prep for mission to basement. <laughs> the group preps for the mission to the basement. Uh, Jody explains how the bucket contraption will flip the breaker, shutting off the power and hopefully opening the doors. Uh, Jody shows off her ability to remote control the control board with the phone. And we get to see another awesome We're Alive custom weapon. Yeah. And so, she, okay, so she talks about this this bucket contraption. They're going to attach a bucket to the breaker with a zip tie and then puncture a jug up above it so that it slowly drips water into the bucket. And once it gets heavy enough, it'll flip the breaker, right? Right. Okay. And I, I was trying to picture how she's going to seat the jug up above it, but I was finally up to the point where I'm like, I'm not thinking too much about this. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know where they would hang it, but maybe on the uh, conduit coming down to the breaker box. Right. <laughs> yeah. So it's a cool idea. Yeah, they probably have. They yeah, they have tape. They're probably just going to tape it. <laughs> and bring enough duct tape, you can do anything. <laughs> so, and then on the uh, control on the doors with the phone. Right. Uh, it just says a simple insight. This may be no new news to, to most people but most relays in electronics are 5 or 12 volts to trigger it and then that 5 or 12 volts can turn on DC or AC voltage it doesn't really matter um, like I, I've got I've got relays here that I trigger with 5 volts and it turns on 110 volts AC so uh, just in case anyone's wondering how do you do that with a cell phone and she's probably controlling it because she has Mark's laptop with the serial port and the phone's talking to the laptop and the laptop talks to the, to the relay itself. So the serial port's got five volts on it for sure. And then it's probably communicating either Bluetooth or Wi-Fi. Right. Between the laptop and the phone. Yeah. And the laptop hooked up serial to the relay control panel. Right. Yeah. I thought we'd definitely touch on that. That's a, that was an interesting and fun this little piece, I guess, to come out of where lives, just this yeah. nice little thing to add in there. Yep, can do that, but can't create biodiesel. <laughs> <laughs> That's a throwback. If you're just listening for lockdown, we talked extensively about biodiesel in season four. Uh, do you have any other notes on that? I've got a couple things. Uh, Jeremy had. So this is just the prep. This is not them actually going through the through the wall or going to the mission yet, right? Yes, this is just a prep. 
Okay. Uh, Jeremy has uh, taken the spear idea he had before, and instead he used a long pole, basically, six feet long, and made it into a, a spear that's all one piece. It's a... It's like a handrail or something? Mm-hmm. Something like that. Smooth... Yeah, he put a smooth curved blade on it, but it, it sounds pretty awesome. Yeah. Just more We're Alive weaponry. I love it. Oh, prison weapons are cool. <laughs> oh, yeah. The, then you get the, the prison spin. Oh, man. There, there's, there's sites out there that have just several pictures, just galleries full of makeshift shanks and all sorts of stuff. I hate to see where he'd hide this six-foot spear. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm just saying... Scaling that up is even cooler. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All of a sudden, the guards are working with you. You can do a lot of stuff. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm glad the tone has finally changed. Yes, there hasn't been well, only a few different things like him saying inmate. I mean, <clears throat> Jody. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's probably hard to break that habit. Plus, breaking that dynamic where you're used to being in control and you're not really sure if you can really trust people or not. Right. Yeah, and I think I forgot that I forgot about this till just now. They have a riot gas canister still, so look for that to be used uh, next episode. Oh yeah, cool diversion mm-hmm. or shoving it, shoving that into a behemoth's mouth. Whoa, <laughs> that'd be cool. Let's see, yeah, try to we're gonna try to smuggle <laughs> smuggle this inside <laughs> a behemoth. Hold on to this for me. <laughs> All right, so we're ready to move on? Ready. So the next scene, we have Jeremy and Bogart. Uh, they begin to make their way to the basement with the rest of the crew monitoring their progress through cameras, radio, and I think blueprints. On the way, Jeremy dispatches a small group of zombies with a spear, and uh, they make it a good ways to the basement. As part of the plan, they cut through one door lock on the way through and almost through another Forcing his way through this door by breaking the lock, Jeremy makes enough noise to alert nearby zombies, and they flee the scene in, in chaos. Uh, they get mixed up on which direction to go from here and eventually end up sealed in a hallway with doors, electronically sealed on either, on either side, with little to no food or water. So Jeremy and Bo will leave, and <laughs> the group can hear them talking. Yes. This was gold. <laughs> Bogart over there. Danielle is hot. Yeah, she's hot. <laughs> yeah. She's coming around and goes on to talk about some other things. When Simon just, in his perfect, just weaselly voice, no pun intended for the first part of this. He said, oh, this is awkward. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Danny takes it in stride, though. She's like, oh, I should take it as a compliment, I guess. I mean, what else are you going to talk about? Right. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was good. Yeah, you could hear the gas running out. That was cool. The little... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought that was a really cool uh, addition. (laughs) That was pretty neat. At first, I was like... I was thinking, is that his cutter running out? I I wasn't thinking cutter. I was thinking blowtorch or whatever. They were being cool and calling it a cutter. I I assume it's like an acetylene torch or something. Yeah. And (laughs) as they're leaving... Are they about to go through a more infested area? I forget exactly what happened. 
Jeremy's mentioning, you know, we made it through before, just, you know, take some deep breaths. And Bo says, how? Last time I didn't even know what was out there. Here we go again. Well, we made it through before, just deep breaths. How? Last time I didn't know what was really out there. <laughs> now he does. Poor guy. Yeah, he, he he's a... Uh... He really just does not belong in a jail or prison or no. anything like that. <laughs> the moral of the story is don't burn your girlfriend's house down. <laughs> okay, I'm really confused about one one line well, in here. Who was, throws me wait, off. Wait, wait. Who was it? Was it did he left eye? Was that left eye from TLC that burnt the house down? Maybe, I don't know. I can't remember. Uh, I think okay, she just... died in a plane crash. <laughs> Random might be the same person. I don't know. Uh, no, that was uh, what's her face? Uh, dang it! I'll get the brush up on our TLC wiki. No, that the girl that died in the in the plane crash was uh, oh the the girl that was in that Anne Rice movie. It was a vampire movie or whatever. Oh, I can't think of her name. Oh well. So, two people can't die in plane crashes. Well, maybe they did. I don't know. It didn't sound familiar for someone from TLC. I guess it could have been. <laughs> Wouldn't be the first time I'm wrong. <laughs> okay, so after the TLC fan cast wraps up. <laughs> uh, I'm really confused. I was thinking of Aaliyah. I was thinking of Aaliyah. Right, yeah, Aaliyah. You, you might hear me. <laughs> I, meant to, I did say her name too. I was like, you thinking about Aaliyah? Oh, she did die. Left eye died. Yep. How did she die? Oh, no, Karik. Boom! Boom. No, it's good. <laughs> At plane speeds. Airplane air speeds. Okay. <laughs> oh, no. it's terribly insensitive. Uh, Jeremy whispers, the ship is sinking. Get out now or let it pull us under. It's only going to get worse. You want to go back, dump your pack and turn around. I can do this on my, on my own. Those are your options, but you leave, but you return alone. What is he talking about leaving them? No, Bogart was chickening out and Jeremy said, you can go back, but you're doing it by yourself. Right. But guilt's on you. But why was he, why was he saying the ship is sinking? Oh, he goes, yeah, you, you know, basically, if we go back right now, we're just waiting for to die anyways, so we got to do this. Got it. Okay. Because I was thinking, oh, man, he's he's taking a, he's pulling a chuck right here. But uh, the rest of the episode, when he's being noble, I was, this did not, it was very contradictory in my head. So, yeah, thanks for clearing that up. Yeah, I, it, I, I had to, I was thinking about it for a minute, I was like, what else, what else could he mean by that? I, I don't know. <laughs> I was like, oh, what, what does he mean by sinking ship? Right. Okay, good, good, good. I listened to it a few different times. And I was like, well, I can't. And I just kept coming away with the same thing. Except that he said, uh, I'll do it on my own. I was like, well, that doesn't seem like it would make sense if he was leaving them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, later on, we find out he's willing to sacrifice himself, which kind of confirms that this is to get everybody out. Right. Okay, do you have the McKibben breaking out of his cell here? Yes. Okay. Before we get there. Um, ah. So, at some point in this, a zombie takes a free meal and drags it away. Oh, when... Wait, when was that? They open a door to hide, 
and to check on the radio with Danny and Gavin. At one point, they you know they they find a breathing point to stop before they get locked in the uh, hallway. Yeah, they just stop off in a room and they're hiding you know underneath a window. And I don't either. Somebody sees it in the in the video, or maybe Simeon sees it. Yeah, or Bogart looks through the window. I can't remember, but somebody sees a zombie. You know, dragging a body away. You know, to eat later, which is, oh. which is a good good callback to the first series when you see, you see zombies doing stuff like this. Well, I've got I've got more of that to note here in a little oh, bit. Oh, good, good, good. And Jeremy says you can aim for the heart, not just the head, neck, and head. Thought that was interesting. You don't hear that a lot, especially not in just other zombie fiction. Nope. And in the first series, CJ takes one of them out by just laceration. So they they can bleed out. Right. And Bogart remarks now that they're getting even tougher than they were before. So their skin's starting to really get hardened. And after, yes. after this... Uh, I don't have any more notes until any more, you know, major notes until McKibben. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the only thing I wanted to talk about was, was, uh, with, uh, McKibben breaking out of his cell. Go back. <laughs> as soon as he broke out, like they kind of uh, stopped and stared at each other. And we know that in the past we've got different zombies that seem to retain some level of memory like Randy. Right. I was wondering if that was happening there because it seemed like Jeremy had some or had a rapport with McKibben at one time. And, uh, but it, it was just interesting that he turned around and started attacking the, the other infected and not even really messing with them right away. Yeah. See, I think, I think we are meant to question that. No joke. Uh, I didn't, when Jeremy threw it away and said, I doubt it's on anyone's side. I've kind of thought, uh, but maybe there wasn't that, you know, McKibben seeing and thinking and realizing that he could help, you know, regular humans. But yeah, now yeah. That you say that, I think that, I think that we are meant to question that. Well, not only that, you know, this is Arrowhead, and Arrowhead is out being controlled with the waves of infected on attacks. So he is one that can be controlled. He is on a side, at least underneath the control of ink. Right. So, yeah, I, I think there's something there. I think there was some kind of realization or acknowledgement, even if it was confusion at that moment. So, I don't know. I just thought that was interesting. Right. No, that was really interesting. That's one of the uh, most interesting pieces of this episode. <laughs> As they're running off and they see the laundry cart blocking a door. I'm thinking, no, that's cool. That's neat. That's going to help them out. They got this door they can get <laughs> through. Not realizing that once it's closed, it's electronically shut and they can't do anything about it. Yeah. Bogart was wanting to go to another guard station in here, but Jeremy thought that was the quickest route to get a, you know, to safety. Mm-hmm. And Bogart almost goes Chris Tucker here. <laughs> <laughs> Like I was, I thought about, you know, clipping in something like that, like, ah, from fit, from fit yes, or, uh, Friday or something. Like, I'm gonna die. Oh my God. Uh, he was just like, oh, they got me. <laughs> oh my God. That'd be awesome later on. Uh, he got knocked up. <laughs> yeah. And then he's like, my back is all wet. I'm thinking, oh, I'm, I'm thinking the worst, you know, he's poor guy's dead. <laughs> Great. 
Now, every time we encounter McKibben, I'm, I'm going to be thinking of Debo. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, you might get your chance next episode. Yay! (laughs) What's what's Debo want? I can't remember. He was asking for something. Oh. That's my bag, punk. (laughs) That stole my bag. I'd have to drop that, like, I don't know, 200% to bring it down to Debo level. Oh, yeah. I ain't got nothing He's great in Batman uh, in the Dark Knight. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Oh, what is, what is his name? I don't know. Oh, I can't think of it right now. <laughs> He's in the Green Mile. He's dead now, isn't he? No, I think you're thinking of uh Clark, the guy that. Oh, maybe the I big am. actor. Like I don't know, bigger named actor. Uh where he, there he is. Where is he? Oh, his name is uh Tommy Lister. Yeah, I I was thinking of the other guy for a second. So <laughs> really big dude. Yes. <laughs> so he says uh, Jeremy realizes, you know, checks on Bogart and that it's just the water busted and that's why his back is all wet. Oh dude, that was so I thought that was some some more good comedy. You had my back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you okay? I don't know. I don't know. I'm back. Oh. Where? Oh, no, no. I thought you had my back. I did. But I said nothing about the backpack. It's just water, man. Oh. It's just water. I thought for sure. I was like, oh, we lost Bogart. Yeah, and, and I thought he was going to have to deal with that in this enclosed area. Oh, that would have been terrible. But, uh, so, when they get to, at the very end of the scene, we get Gavin saying, you may want to save your strength in any water you have left. No infected, but no exit. I know. You couldn't have been more cold delivering that bad news. <laughs> no, we couldn't. <laughs> it's like, wow. Oh, nice. <laughs> And they make a use of a lot of the transition through the radios, that little effect going back and forth, you know, clear on one side and fuzzy in the other, and then going through the radio to the other no group. Keep moving. The guard room will be coming up in the distance. Use the key I marked. I like that. Me too. And it was different than the season four stuff, but it was not, you know, better or worse. It was good. Did you have the uh, them going back to the footage and all that in the same little area? No, that's the next piece. Okay. Yeah, that. Uh, so good. Okay, so um, yeah, you cleared up this Jeremy going to ditch the group, and plus, I was thinking, why didn't the group hear that if they could hear the other thing? But yeah, anyways, uh, it is a <laughs> mute point. Mute. Mute point. <laughs> it has been silenced. <laughs> All right. Next scene. Uh, Jeremy and Bogart discuss their situation back and forth with the group and with the group. The group decides abandoning them is the best course of action since it would be a suicide attempt to rest to try to rescue them. Or since it would be suicide to attempt to rescue <laughs> uh, Danny, Gavin, Simeon and Jody check the historical footage from the surveillance feed. Speaking of feed, we get to see Inc. feed a body to a freshly turned inmate named Funk. 
Inc. or William Roberts injects Funk with something, bites him on the neck before leaving the food. Sometime later, we see Funk emerge as a green behemoth. Hulk, after seeing, <laughs> yeah, after I made that joke too. good. After seeing these events, they switch the cameras back to the live feed to check on the area around Jeremy and Bogart when they find something has been taking out the cameras. While checking to find a working camera, they stumble across... Smash. Yes. While checking uh, to find a working camera, they stumble across another inhabited section of the jail. So, this historical footage, the few days they check. Dude, that was... This is cool. Getting to see ink turn someone after injecting them with whatever chemical you use on on funk. They said he had a fish odor syndrome or something. Right. I had never heard of that before. Yeah, I've heard of people with strange body odors, but never something that specific. Funk nails it, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is when we find out that ink has the keys, and that's how he's getting around inside the jail. Right. I don't know where he picked those up or how he got into the jail in the first place after being because he's all he was turned at the courthouse he was turned he was turned, Tur- got turned he got down. turned outside the courthouse man <laughs> and now I, I was trying to think of this because when they said he was green I don't remember ever hearing about a green behemoth yeah in the original series do you Hulk's gotta die <laughs> in this series for sure I, I was thinking, you know, because later on, Jeremy says he wants to take one of them out. So I assume this is the one that gets taken out. That's cool, man. Freaking going to go melee 1v1. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, man. Come at me. <laughs> Rohemus. Right. Yep. Breaking the cameras. I don't really have anything else for this. I have more notes for the dining hall thing. Yeah. Before we get to that section. Getting to see one or hear the details of getting one turned to that, you know, like how involved Ink is with this behemoth is pretty crazy. Right. And uh, it brought back memories of of the season finale of one of the characters being bit in the neck. And then, you know, Ink just stands over him and watches to wait for him to turn. Oh, uh, I was kind of picturing that same thing happening here. And it was remember towards the end, you began to think that the deeper that a zombie bit you, the faster you would turn. And I'm not sure if that was ever confirmed, but uh, I was picturing Uh, him doing this here. I think everybody's different in that regard because of, if you remember, Tanya and Saul. Right. Genetics. See, and yeah, poor Funk. I just felt bad for the guy. First off, I mean, he's screwed up and he's in jail, but then he just has this really bad thing where he stinks. Yeah, Jody really showed the emotional side to it. And he's got to be a stinky behemoth. Woo! That's why he's green. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was wondering what chemicals were used. I bet we could figure it out if we went back and listened to the other episodes where this is detailed right yeah i've got the list of the guys that were uh tested on oh yeah yeah that's all in chapter 42 if you guys want to go back and listen to it yourself right part three let's see. uh nope i had something bold but i wasn't sure what i said for that what i wanted to say for that piece all right i'm ready to move on cool me too 
Okay, talking to the dining room. Simon, Jody, Danny, and Gavin are looking at the surveillance feed of the chow hall. There are around 30 inmates in the room with barricaded doors. Jody makes contact with the group by moving the camera back and forth to get their attention. The leader approaches the camera and asks a series of questions. Once he learns what he needs to, uh, he thanks the person behind the camera. What remains of the T-Block group decides to attempt digging out of Block 7? This was this is pretty crazy, and I think Casey is the leader of the group. Or you know, he's playing the voice of the. You know, he's voicing the the leader of the group. Oh, good! I didn't catch that. It, it at least sounded like a, it sounded like a a really really serious Casey. Dude, it was <laughs> it was cool. I love that the guy had this like matter of fact questions. He understood that there was not going to be any other communicating. There was going to be no Martian setting up. You know. <laughs> A whole bunch of <laughs> hexadecimal things around the camera to have a nice conversation. It was yeah. all yes or no, yes or no questions. So, can you get us? Is anyone coming to get us? How many of them? How many of you are there? Are you stuck too? Are you close? Can you help us? Now, well, did I hear that correctly? Were there females in that dining hall too? It sounded like it. Okay, it sounded like it to me too. And they're all in blue jumpsuits, which means uh, they're low threat. Yeah, Gen Pop. Met, uh, general, or, or uh, yeah, Med Ward was blue and yellow. Right. So general population. So yeah, they got all the doors barricaded up. like uh, So they know there's some bad stuff happening outside the door. And I thought it was interesting that they had a leader. You know, okay, since we're, we talked about Chuck before, I thought about this the other day. And how messed up this is. Chuck, you know, he made a bad decision there at the end. Sorry, we'll come back to the total tangent. But Chuck made a bad decision there with Mark wanting to get loose. And we know since he was wearing blue and yellow, he was probably on some kind of meds. But the situation happening, he could no longer be on them anymore. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I just thought, oh, that's put him at a disadvantage, too. So it's kind of a almost redeeming detail for Chuck. I like Chuck. Yeah, and I did too. But uh, yeah, this this leader, sorry, I think sounds like uh, they picked a pretty good pretty good leader as far as uh, being able to get the information and start trying to deal with it in the chow hall. That is. Yeah, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Do, uh, I, got no, I got nothing until we find out what they're doing later. So, okay. Whenever in 42 part three, Puck, Robbins, and crew happened to go past the dining room or the chow hall. It was like something was on the other. Oh my God. Holy crap. That's more than a few. When we went into the chow hall, there were probably about 30 or 40 bodies rotted away in blue jumpsuits. It's like a fight had happened in there. Chairs and tables were piled up against the doors, except for the one that we had just come through. And that one looked like it had been forced, with the doors on the ground. The bodies were missing large pieces, as if they'd been picked clean. Nah, these have been dead for months. And there was lots of dead. Oh. So that's one of the few things, this in solitary, and I think maybe central, were some of the only things we see. 
and the other series of the jail. Of course, we know at the end of this, it's not going to be pretty. Nope. But I'm I'm really glad he included the dining room because I just thought we just weren't going to see anything, and that would be the only thing we got was from a chapter forty two. But that's really cool to see this side of it, and it's <laughs> it's brutal that they decide to leave Jeremy and Brogart without even talking to them. But what would you do? I mean, they're stuck. Uh, freak out. Right. I, I'd pro I'd probably do. Exactly what Bogart did. Start banging us up, pulling t- uh, tiles out. And- no, I mean the group. Danny and Simeon. Oh, oh, oh. I, dude, I'd have a hard time just saying good luck to them, you know, or that's just tough. I, I, I think, I don't know. I, I don't know. Deep down, the doormat in me, you know, wants to think that. I would try something to get them out because it just sounds like a horrible way to die. Yes. Oh, man. Yeah, I'm not sure. It's, if, when you, if you know it's a suicide mission and if you, if you get down there and you can't open the door, oof. You can't, you uh-huh. can't dig out. You know, you saw how long it take, took for them to dig out of the padded cell and they're down there with no cover. It's, it's a tough situation. All right, I can't find it, but I had a note that said, is this how Simon escapes? Must, maybe I wrote this note here instead of thinking about a different section, but I don't know what this I would... how Simon escapes. Since, I'm, since I'm, my working theory is that he's a lone survivor, which I kind of am hoping, hoping he's not, but... I don't know. He's kind of a worm. If nothing else, he'll just hide out in the vents until things die down and he can get out. Right. Okay, I'm ready to move on. So Simon, Jody, Danny, and Gavin are all taking shifts, attempting to dig out of the back of a cell to the outside world from uh, Block 7. Jody is taking a look at the cameras in her off time and sees craziness going on in the chow hall before checking in on Jeremy and Bogart. Jeremy and Bogart debate the afterlife and other spiritual matters. While watching this, something changes for Jody, and she lets Jeremy and Bogart know that the group will be getting them out. This was a cool scene. This was a really good scene. Well acted, everything. You know, and I mean, I think I think she knew, because there was hesitance to talk about this before. I think she had a plan uh, originally, but... You know, her plan without anybody else's involvement is complete sacrifice on her on her part. Yes. Which is insane, but she's got a she's got a heart. And they okay, but you know, she's talking about the fights breaking out in the dining facility because they're all making weapons out of the table parts. And uh that I was like some guys are already stabbing each other inside the, the dining hall. Yes. It, it's just little little bits of mayhem. Uh, I, I don't know. I can't imagine what's going on in those guys' heads, but at least they've had food this entire time. Mm-hmm. But, oh, and then, I mean, the light conversation that Bogart and Jeremy are having, and uh, it's already, you know, talking about religion is already, it can be a, a powder keg. <laughs> to put and it then, lightly. And then to 
have that conversation in the most stressful place ever. And they obviously don't see eye to eye. It's just, I was like, oh boy, where is this going? Right, but they were both, I mean, so civil about it, which was a good thing. And common, I don't know, they were, I appreciated seeing both of their side of it and yeah. the way that they didn't go to personal attacks or anything like that. And even, even encouraged each other. I mean, Jeremy at the end of it was just like, look, man, you know, you're the real deal. And I wouldn't want to be here with anybody else. I, thought that was, I enjoyed that. I thought that was even after, you know, him having to hear all the stuff that he doesn't believe and doesn't want to hear again from the, from the feel of it, you know? Yeah. But he's still, and they, they seem like they're, they got a pretty good friendship, a pretty good bond at this point. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. It, it's good to be able to have friends that are so much different than you and you can say things without it being a big deal. Yeah. So yeah, thanks, Mick. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, I was kind of all over the map because I had some, I had some thoughts, and I'm, uh, I kind of lost them for a second. But to jump back to the fights breaking out in the dining facility, yes. Simon makes a remark about at least we're all getting along, and he says mostly. What What do you mean by that? Uh, I can speculate. I don't know for sure. Maybe he's talking about like Fredo. Or just, I don't know, Gavin? Because <laughs> Gavin's been way more accepting than Mark was. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I didn't know what he meant by I that. I didn't get it. And I, he seems like he's somebody just that can find a problem with <laughs> anything. Yeah. So he's he wouldn't be able to just let it off like, oh, we're getting along. He's got to throw in that mostly because somebody didn't share the 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 peanut butter for the his cracker or something. <laughs> well, he's he says some pretty awful things on occasion too, like like the Crimea River. Yeah, oh, Crimea River. Jody over there dying and considering existential things. <laughs> Joe, Jody snapped at him. That was, that was great. Like, come on, man. See, I, I don't know. I just feel like we're not even supposed to really like Simon at the end of the day. <laughs> you know, I felt so bad for him in episode one and. He's one of my least favorites at this point. Not because of his performance. That's great. Because he's oh, yeah, no, not no. like him. These aren't attacks to the actors. I mean, if, I, if my feelings for a character mirrored the actor, yeah, I, I would like feel really bad. Well, he's an exception to that rule. <laughs> Sorry. I just don't care for that dude at all. Sorry. <laughs> but I got. I just really don't like pegs, <laughs> but I have no problem with Alyssa Elliott. She's awesome. She's just, but <laughs> you like Alyssa Elliott mostly. Is that what you're, that what you're saying? So <laughs> she has this, no. this peg side to her. Oh, I feel bad when that happens to actors. Like uh, the the girl that was playing Andrea. Yes, getting all the hate walking around town. Uh-huh. I'm like really, <laughs> people don't can't compartmentalize. In the Walking Dead, yeah, <laughs> that was pretty funny. <laughs> and again, they use the audio effect to, I think, success back and forth. It's just, it's just, uh, it's good. You don't have just jump cuts where you can't tell. Well, are these guys together? Because they sound clear now, and other people sounded clear a second ago. Yeah, I'm digging that. That's a good little effect. And. 
these guys, Bogart and Jeremy, they have really good buddy chemistry. <laughs> and I, I think they recorded together. Apocalypse buddies. <laughs> I think they recorded together, but even if they didn't, uh, they uh, their performance was just really good. Oh, yeah. Dude. I love. I don't know if it was the same for you or not, but I love Jody giving orders to Gavin. Like which one? Which one? Oh, uh, maybe that's in the, in the plan coming up. But she's like, "Go do this and go do that. This is what we're gonna do." Right. Yes. Yeah, that's it. That's in your next. Yeah, it all together. Dude, that was so awesome. But it was so funny to hear Gavin relieved not to have to dig anymore. <laughs> it's a grueling work of. Breaking through oh concrete. Oh my rebar. gosh! Yeah, that was that was not fun to listen to. Imagining that. Could you imagine pounding it? Well, I mean, they were using a drill too. I could hear it in the uh, in the audio. Yeah. But getting through rebar, I don't care if it's with a drill or whatever you got. It just sounds terrible. Yeah, I think they had this like two plain claw hammers and a yeah. drill like that. Man, it was bad. Oh, no, no thanks. Yeah, so we dug two hammers and a drill, took shifts, pounding away, digging out of the back of a cell. Took shifts, the four of us. <laughs> yeah, dude. It felt like tunnel, tunneling to nowhere. An entire day passed, and we made it two inches. That You'd break your hammer. That's an awful existence. Yeah, your handle would break. <laughs> God. I hope to never be in that situation. Yeah. Well, we should put... Uh, Ash in that situation. <laughs> Stick him in there with his dog. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna lock him up like uh what's his face did in The Walking Dead. Built you a little jail. Oh Morgan. Yeah, Morgan, like your Morgan got locked up. <laughs> Alright, moving on moving on. Moving on. Uh next scene, Jody's plan. Jody explains her plan to the group. It will be very dangerous, but she needs to get her laptop to Central to plug into the control board, and she can then lock herself in a room to control the jail doors remotely. When Fredo hears that Jody will be going, he volunteers to come along to help. Jody will guide uh, Bogart and Jeremy out of the hallway they tra- they're trapped in, and they volunteer to make their way to help free Jody from Central once they get out. Jody will run this whole escape operation by directing folks <laughs> by by directing folks and opening slash closing doors. Once the doors are open, Danny will be playing the role of bait outside the, outside the jail to keep the zombies away from the Sallyport doors so the group can get out to the buses. Jody remarks how she can try and help the people in the chow hall when they and then when they check the cameras, they do so just in time to see a behemoth. Smashing his way into the room, dude. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if you caught it, but like the plan changes two or three times while they're discussing it because people are volunteering up. Yes, once they're realizing that Jody's willing to sacrifice herself, right? They, they, she was inspired, and then she's like, "We're going to do this," and then everybody else is inspired seeing that. Yeah, that was cool. This whole thing. I mean, the I'm wondering, oh, okay. The fact that uh Fredo's volunteering, I thought was just adorable. Right. <laughs> He's going to go smash him infected, but yeah, 
I guess she's going to rig up this laptop so that it can control several doors. I'm just wondering how long will it take her to wire it up? Mm. Uh, Cause that, I mean, she said a minute, like, yeah. like 60 seconds is what, what I took from that. <laughs> and, and that, and that, that sounds like if, a long time. Oh, that is way too long. That's if it's laid out the same as it is, in, uh, as it is in seven. Right. But yeah. Yeah, so they're gonna the plan at the near the at the end of it, whenever you sum everything up, is to have her open up doors to give a pathway out to Danielle and them. That will also lead a pathway outside so that when Danielle's out there in the bait car, she can make all sorts of noise to draw as many zombies outside of the jail to free up the hallway so the rest of them get out through the sally port. That is terrifying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, to get them out of the sally port so that they can get to the bus is how I took it. Yeah, and then there's no discussion as to where... I guess... So Jeremy decides that they're not going to run towards the sally port. They're going to go to Central and help out. Right. Which is the only thing in this plan that gives Jody a possibility of making it out herself. Right. And... Oh, man, it's still not a very good... Uh, doesn't sound like very good odds with their, no. with their current weapon set up. <laughs> it sounds terrible. We get the behemoth breaking into the dining hall. Oh. It just so happened that when I was looking for other information, I was listening to Chapter 42, Part 3. I did. I did cover this just a minute ago. With the pile of the pile of bodies, I didn't mention the pile of bodies. I mentioned it looked like a fight, and there's lots of dead. I so mean, yeah. Spoiler it, alert from like 20 minutes ago. Sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it sounded like everybody died. That's what I was getting. Oh yeah. Like there's nobody that makes it out of this dining hall. <laughs> this is like a. The, at the end of the day, the dining hall gets turned into basically a. A snack factory for all of the behemoths to go in and feed off. Now them. I know how they get so big. And and with this plan in place and knowing what happens in the dining hall, Ink locks this place back up. If they get out the way they say they're going to right now, Ink locks this place back up because he contains some of the behemoths inside of the jail. Right. So I'm very curious to see how this all works out, how it plays out in the end. I'm betting not well. No, for no, not well. Anybody but Simon. Well, who was it that wrote in talking about number four? Oh, I think that, standing outside the wall. Number number four was shown in the was in the season finale. Uh, outside. Uh, but who was it that said that that was probably Jody? Oh, no, it was Danny. I think he said that was Danny. Or might have been Jody. Yeah. yeah. But was that, was that Boda Winter? Yeah, Boda Winter. Was... Yeah, I'm, I'm very curious to see if that's how it plays out. Yeah. You know, I, I was thinking, I was kind of debunking that possibility just because, you know, gestation, nine months or whatever. 
and that just didn't fit the timeline. It would already have to be pregnant women. But then I thought, wait a second, the little ones age so fast, maybe their gestational time periods would be sped up too if that was the way he wanted to go. But there's only an hour left. I just don't... I get the best we would get would be a hint of ink took her off by the arm or something. Yeah, that's, that's about all we could get out of it. And since he's been or, relatively or some, tame with the experimentation, which I thought was just going to be a, a just a torture show, and I'm glad it wasn't. <laughs> uh, I wouldn't. I kind of wouldn't think he'd do that at this point. Torture show. What? So we had some pretty gruesome stuff happen in the hallway. You got a pretty high threshold for. <laughs> I don't know. I was. I was just kidding. Like, like Raj, who wrote in last time with his dark stuff. I was just picturing, you know, extended segments of, and then Ink tested this out and had this tool and <laughs> like, like I don't know why. Because like you know, I was expecting Ink like episode two, and then it was just going to be the whole thing would be him making crazy zombies it it's uh it's definitely the whole this whole lockdown revolves around the feeling of being trapped i mean there's not a a ton of resolve in any of these episodes no so yeah it that i don't know and I can't imagine there would be a whole lot of additional information put out in six unless it was done in some kind of like a dialogue in closing. Right. Yeah, I'm not sure what all questions we have that we don't have answered already from this other than just, you know, character pieces. What happens to everybody? And right. The, the, how does Simon escape? Other than these characters, exactly. There's no other big questions anymore. Nope. Now, it's the sheer numbers in the chow hole. I wonder if they could take down this littlest behemoth, which, you know, much bigger and stronger than a person, but I'm not optimistic. Um, no, and just after listening to the Chapter 42 stuff, I figured they would have noted the presence of a dead behemoth on the ground, but I mean... Doesn't mean that there would still be one there because they were talking about a lot of the bodies and they were picked to the bone. Right. Yeah, they would. McKibben got to eat. I, I was still kind of hoping they would, we would find out what happens to Cohen. Mm-hmm. But we haven't gotten a whole lot of detail there yet. That's a We're Live Solitary is going to be the, the next one. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Sucking down for everything it's worth. <laughs> okay. That's all I got for that last scene. Yep. That's all I've got. And just uh, waiting for Friday. I think I'll be... Oh, I'm not going to be able to listen in live. I'll be uh, I'll be out of town. Up on... Oh, yeah? At my wife's family reunion on a mountain. Oh, yeah. Good times. That sucks. I'll... Uh... I'll take some notes for you. <laughs> it will, uh, Kickstarters get the download at 645. Oh, yeah. I'm just talking about any stuff that Casey says or anything. Right. Like that. Yeah. I'll have to let me shout out. Let me know what TMM is. I'll, I'll record it. Good. 
Uh, so we want to jump into some feedback? Yeah, right. We got, uh, what did this chapter bring us? Got the zombie spear. We've got prison physical security. There's an app for that. Uh, <laughs> Ink does a follistatin and chill before delivering some carrion dinner. Uh, German bow bromance continues. And our team has hatched a totally going to get us killed plan. Who wrote that? Me. Oh, I like that. And favorite lines of the show. I'm going to go with Bogart's. How? Last time I didn't even know it was out there. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, I love the, I love the whole bit where I thought you had my back. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, and Jer- Jeremy's uh, reply to it though. That's the one I thought was the best. <laughs> that was the good stuff. Question of the week. Last week, uh, we took Butter Winter's question and made it our own. No, this is, this is the American Idol. But um, he said, let me ask a question. If you had to die during a Z event, would you rather be killed by a human or turned by a zombie? Roz wrote in, and a part of his uh, feedback included this question. He said, really good question. Here are my thoughts. Ideally, I would like to be one of those survivors in the colony, but if I had to die, I would pick the human death. Based on what we hear from Mark's scene, it seems like part of the human consciousness is still alive in there. So if I was turned by a zombie, I might have to witness who knows what other kinds of horrific things through those cloudy eyes. Better to die quick than have to witness myself eating my friends and family. Perhaps if I can turn into an ink-level zombie and control the rest of the zombies, then it might be an interesting option to explore. <laughs> That's great. You really put some thought into that. I like that. Me too. Did you get any more on that? Uh, no, no more. What, what was your answer? Mine was, what was it? I forget how I put it, but it's something about if I got bit and I was a slow turner, that's what I would pick that, you know, just get bit, have time to say goodbye to people before having somebody take me out. So it would be both. <laughs> I feel like I'm not on the same intelligence level as ink. So I'd probably end up being like Randy and be the brooding emo zombie. <laughs> hey, Randy was a high intelligence zombie. He was, he was, he just seemed to be very emo about things. <laughs> he was, Held resentment against Casey. How could this happen to me? <laughs> He's like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make Casey watch bad things happen. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not Casey. <laughs> Golly. <laughs> yes, Casey too. Michaels. <laughs> He's gonna make Michael watch it. <laughs> and I've got the question of the week this week. It's kind of fun. We did this early on last time, but. Uh, before part six comes out or anytime really we'll, we can talk about it on a future fan cast. Um, so if you're listening to this in 2017 and you want to participate, just send it. Hey, let's, uh, let's stunt cast lockdown. Stunt cast lockdown. Pick uh, if it's going to be a movie, you know, pick who you think would play each part. If these actors here were tied up and couldn't do it, of course. Well, I have to sit down and think about that one. That, that, one, that, that one's going to be fun. Yeah, that, that'll that be fun. So, yeah, send those in to WA Fancast. Not Ben Affleck. 
<laughs> send those in the WA fancast at gmail.com. And we'll be sure to read those on the next show. Now, get some listener mail. Or do you want to do form post first? Uh, I'll yeah. Go ahead. Okay. Go ahead. Do Ross. Ross's email. Uh, the rest of it. Salutations from the dark side of my mind. You are right. Those dark thoughts were all mine. Referencing his older email, and I just told him how dark he was. Says he takes full responsibility. Luckily, though, so far it has not gotten as bad as I thought it would get, so I suppose that is a good thing. Then again, we do have two more episodes to go, so anything can happen. I am waiting for a scene where Ink is glaring at our group of survivors through one of the cameras. So, if the behemoths are already created, that means Ink has made his entrance. I wonder how he got in, and if our survivors could potentially find his entry point to the exit of the building. Good point. Hmm. It's a good point. Now we know he, he closes up the doors after Puck makes it out alive in chapter 42, but oh, yeah. so he might've closed the door the way he got in, but still that's a really interesting thing. And he also puts in, <laughs> this says sing slash raps and you're going to get the most monotone thing ever here. Raj, sorry. I was sitting around, staring at the ground, sometimes looking up at the ceiling, sometimes the walls, trying to escape while demonic things shuffled around in the halls. Some beeps about to go down. I could feel it in my bones. I was trapped in the jail cell, (laughs) sitting in the jail cell, locked down in the jail cell. There's a rough start. Somebody make it better, LOL. He's around, staring at the ground, sometimes looking up at the ceiling, sometimes the walls, trying to escape while demonic things shuffled around in the halls. Some beeps about to go down. I could feel it in my bones. I was trapped in the jail cell, (laughs) sitting in the jail cell, locked down in the jail cell. Anyways, looking forward to the last two episodes. It's going to be awesome. Hashtag make a rap song white. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. And thank you, Raj. (laughs) See, Todd, he uh, tweeted then, said Eldritch was a word popular in cosmic horror of the early 1900s-ish, specifically Lovecraft stuff. Thank you, sir. And Casey Wayland also sent in a few really good uh, bites here we can talk about real quick. He said, another good job with episode five uh, was, oh, I'm sorry. This wasn't, this wasn't one from him. Uh, I think this was Bodo Winter. He said, another good job with episode five was compelling without death. I predict that I predict the body count could go up at least 156 people in episode six. (laughs) Yeah, I think you're close. I think you're close. And here's Casey's. He sent us three tweets. He said his first one computer was a 40 megabyte 386 on a PC that is, but he was also an old Amiga and Commodore 64 user, all floppies. He says, and lockdown could be a stage play, limited environments. I could could see that. That would be a pretty cool play. Yep, and I saw a play a year or two ago where it was five people that did the play and they moved the, all their props around and they played all the different parts of the wizard of Oz. 
Oh, really? So, yeah, you could get away with that here almost, you know, with the one or two more people. And they would switch, you know, one person would have to be multiple different parts. Huh. It was it was pretty good. I didn't realize it until later on. I was like, wait a second, this is only five people. Well, they were hustling. You know, that uh, that's another one. What, what would you say your favorite play has been? For uh, that, that you've seen in person. Oh, yeah, no clue. I, re- I really liked Fiddler on the Roof with the original cast. I haven't, I didn't see that till maybe a year or two ago. The this the movie. Oh yeah, and I was blown away. It was awesome. Oh dude, it it's very cool. It was one of the few movies we had in our house growing up. Mm-hmm. So I watched it a lot. He says maybe more like a five percent chance in my career. Uh, I'm sorry. He says maybe more like a 05 percent chance in my career of there being a musical. So definitely, <laughs> yeah. I mean, so in at least, and so in infinite universes, there are <laughs> musicals out there in the multiverse. There, there are know, Casey musicals. At the end of the day, even with that percentage, it's still a fifty-fifty chance. Right. It either can happen or it's not. Yeah. So, the odds are still good. So, stop being so uncertain. (laughs) Morty. I just watched that episode the other night. Yeah, me too. I love that show. Bringing Schrodinger's cats flying around. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Well, uh, what do we have from the forums? Uh, I was talking about this earlier. It was Witch Doctor and KP Coyote that said they got the feeling that Jeremy rigged the drawing. I thought that was interesting. I don't. That I is, wouldn't blame them. I could. I could definitely see it. KP Coyote was talking about the the live finale, and she said she took off the took off a of work. I think it's a girl. I'm not 100 percent sure. She said the person said they took the day off of work so they could. Focus on part six of six. Wow. Uh, <laughs> see, then the KPO, KP Coyote also said, are there any guesses as to what TMM is? I'm horrible at clues that Casey has been dropping in apartment 2C. I haven't gotten enough information to put anything together. Have you? No. I mean, the general feeling I have is it's not We Are Live related. I'm kind of hoping this is the sci-fi one he hinted at before. And I don't think it's that, because I think he said it it wasn't that. But, and I I don't mean to say I hope it isn't We're Alive related, but I would like to see what else he was going to make. And I really want to see the sci-fi thing he's excited about, because if he's excited about it, I'm excited about it. I want to see what uh, what else he's got going on. Yeah, I do too. I I get excited about pretty much anything. Show us what you got. (laughs) Uh, and then did you get any of the feedback from Dupus Monkey on Twitter? No. Do you have something? He said something about Gavin doesn't act gay, Freddie would do anything for love, and Danielle is flattered. A guy wants to, well, you know. Yeah. Okay. I do remember <laughs> saying that. I was, uh, I hadn't listened to five yet when he tweeted that, so I missed it. Yeah. And then, uh, I think this was in reply to my Simon theories. And so he asked the question, he punched his own clown. I didn't really know what that was a reference to. <laughs> me neither. But this is a, I guess it's almost a quasi correction. I said that is a great title of a memoir. 
punch your own clown or <laughs> or maybe I, I think i even said it might be a good uh self-help book <laughs> <laughs> and to which he said i rarely disagree with you but that would not make a good title for anything <laughs> <laughs> i really just don't like clowns i think it's that uncanny valley you know the doesn't look natural doesn't feel real I, but they clowns make me angry like I would want nothing more than to spend a few rounds in a fight in a clown. See that even that would be trippy with them smiling. Still. Oh, it just make me mad. It's getting more mad as people hitting <laughs> them and they're still smiling. I blacked out. <laughs> so ratings. Totally glossed over this one. I'm gonna give it a a four. You know, I have certain feelings about this one. About all these up to this point, feeling like there's very little payout. But regardless, and at the end of the day, this is he's given us a taste of how survival plays out. It's, it's I hate this. I hate to use the word realistic, but that's that's how survival works, especially in such a confined environment. But even with that said, it's still a five. <laughs> oh, I see what you did there. <laughs> <laughs> finale is june 3rd live friday. 6 p.m pacific standard time that's right so we gotta we gotta get this out by friday <laughs> Woo! well anyways um again you can email us at wafancast at gmail.com look for us we're live fancast on facebook or wafancast on twitter and uh Send us what you think about, you know, what We're Live means to you. Yes. Oh, um, and just to throw this out there, because this is almost over. So to keep your entertainment going after We're Live is... Blah, 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 blah. To keep your entertainment going after We're Live ends, check out the podcast Tannis. It's TannisPodcast.com. I got that as a recommendation from Todd. Two in or one? Uh, one in. It's uh, it's pretty incredible. If you like puzzles, this is the one to listen to. Sounds good. Yes. So thanks, Todd. <laughs> I'm over here burning through that at the same time while making notes for this. Hmm. <laughs> All right, man. One more to go. One more to go. We'll talk to y'all again soon. I'm Redbeard. This is Mick. Bye. <laughs>
We're live fancast. <laughs> Show me what you got. Show me what you got. It's masturbation without any release. <laughs> All right, get it out now. <laughs> Apocalypse buddies.